I love history. I love geography. I love all that. Um, when I was a kid, I, would, I, I loved social, social things. And this story speaks of the God being in control. And one of the things I, I'm fascinated about, and this is a question you can ask yourself, have you ever looked at world leaders? Have you ever looked at circumstances and situations and saying, well, how did that happen? How did, what was going on with that? How did that happen? What were these circumstances here? What were these circumstances here? Why did they make this? Why did these leaders make this decision or these choices or these things? Well, today we're going to be looking at we're going to be looking at this passage and looking at uh, how God had brought Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Galilee. So uh, not from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem in Judea so that she could Mary could give birth to Jesus. And we're going to see how God is supernaturally in control of all that goes on. We're going to be looking at three specific points. Number one, the census. Number two, Joseph and Mary go to register for the census. And thirdly, she gave birth. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to um, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. And this is going to be from our, our, our message this morning, talking about the birth of Christ. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census to be that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. That was this was the first census taken while Cornelius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register in the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because there was, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, and was engaged to him, and was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for him, for her to give birth, and, the, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger because there is no room for them in the end. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Okay, the census. The census goes out from Caesar Augustus to the whole earth, the inhabited earth, while Cornelius was governor. Okay, so we look at this and we see Caesar Augustus. What do we know about him? He was the first and according to some people, the greatest Roman emperor. And Augustus means exalted. And that was a name that the Roman Senate voted on him. Uh, I don't have the date, but his rule there was from, was from 31 BC to 14 AD. So Jesus was born, as we're gonna see in the midst of the beginning of the ruler of the Roman Empire, which was one of the, according to like many, the greatest empires that was on the earth at that time. So 
we see that here was this great emperor and his expanse of his government, of his empire expanded throughout all the whole Mediterranean at that time. And his was larger than the Medo-Persian Empire. It was larger than the Babylonian Empire. It was larger than the Greek Empire. So this was the largest of all the empires. And his was the longest as well. Because this went until mid-300s A.D. when Constantine eventually uh, became, uh, he became the leader there. So we see here that here was this powerful man the most powerful man at that time in the world, a world leader that seemingly conquered things. He ushered in the golden age of the Roman Empire with literature and with, and with their highways and the way they would uh, be able to, the roads and the way they would be able to conquer. That was the way they were able to conquer. They built these architecture and, and, and these roads and they, the roads were able, the soldiers were able to march on so they could go and conquer. And that's what enabled them to go and be so powerful. But here, this man issues a what? A census. We know what all census are. The last census was in 2020, last year. And so it's, it's to take account of how many people are in the empire. And what's the purpose of that census? What's the purpose of a census? Census is so you can get so know how many people are there so that you can do what? So you can tax them. If you want to have a powerful empire, you need to have money to run that empire, don't you? If you have a government, you need to have money to run the government, right? So you need to know how many people you have and you need to know how many, what's going on. So Augustus gets this, Brainy idea, well, I need money, so I'm going to put out a census. I'm going to issue this to census at this particular time in history. This was the first census. So, now think about it. It's kind of unusual that he, at this time, would issue a census. that they needed money. They never issued a census before, but this particular time they did. That's interesting, isn't it? And you think, well, that's just circumstantial. That's just happenstance. That just happened. He just made a decision. And you don't really think about the decisions that he, people make and like leaders make and other people make or people in power. You don't think about, well, how did that decision come about? How did that decision, how did that come about? And in reality, you look at this circumstance and the situation, and this census actually happened if you look in history. But it happened because God allowed it to happen. Think about that. Things don't happen Things don't happen unless God, unless God allows them to happen. So God moved in the most powerful man in what? In the earth at this time. Known 
at that time. There was other empires throughout in the other parts of the world in Asia. But at this point in this time in history, in this section of the world, this was the most powerful leader. And God moved upon him to do what? To do a census. Why would God want a census to be done? Where was where was um, Mary and Joseph from? Where was their town? Where was their registry? They were from Nazareth, which was where? In Galilee, which was north, okay? But according to this census, the way he set it up, it had to be in the town or the city where your lineage was from. And where was where was Mary and Joseph from? Well, where was where was Joseph from? His family. He was. We know that Joseph was of the line of who of David. And what was the city of David? Bethlehem. Bethlehem is right nearby where Jerusalem. So we see that. And Mary, um, as well, was charged to be because she was over twelve, and according to the law there. And anyone over 12 had to be registered as well. So Mary had to go there as well. So here's a census. And they're all the way up in Nazareth. And this issue and this decree went out. And it had to happen at that particular time. And remember, timing is important. They had, so here they are. And they make the census. And God controls when the census happens. And so we see here that God, and this is what we need to remember, is that God is in control of people. He's in control of leaders. And he controls what happens in history. And so we see here that this is going to be really important, that part of this census is, is that we often think that things happen because just because. It doesn't happen just because. It happens because God allows it to happen for whatever reason. We don't always understand the reasons why things happen or the reason why things are the way they are. But we need to, ultimately, we need to remember ultimately that God is in control of all things. And in this particular circumstance, world leaders and those who direct and those who are the people who say and what and do what the way things happen, and that's important for us to remember because sometimes what we have, what we do is that we get worried. Well, things are chaotic and things are out of control and things happen. This happened. 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 And we need to alt and we need to remember ultimately that who's in control of all that? God is. He's sovereign. You know what sovereign means? He rules over what? over all if you look at proverbs um if you look at book, uh, proverbs chapter four it says the king's heart is in the hand of the lord as the rivers of water he turn it whithersoever he will proverbs chapter four the king's heart is in the hand of the lord as the rivers of water he turn it whithersoever he will so think about that who's in control of the heart of the king of the leader who is? God is, right? 
So God can turn his heart wherever he wants. Like the river, he can turn wherever he wants. Changing directions, changing things. He can put it upon a king to change the direction of a river. Which he did, and brought, which ultimately brought down, what, the Babylonian Empire, because the river never, no longer went through Babylon. The Euphrates River went around Babylon, and so the, the city was eventually uh, went into ruins. And that whole empire was because of one man's decision. God put upon his heart to change the direction of the Euphrates River. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. So it wouldn't go through Babylon. And God changed the whole course of history and brought down one empire. Think about that. When things happen, you think about things happening. And you see things happening. And you see God is in control of all those things in history. And you look back in history. So God controls the hearts of leaders. And we don't understand why, but he does it for a reason, for a purpose. In this case, it was so that he could get what? His people where he wanted them to be. Because they were up in Nazareth. And at this particular time, he wanted them down where? In Judah, in Bethlehem. And let's go on to our second point. It says here, Joseph and Mary go to register for the census. So here they are. The census went out. And, um, and so we see here that David, I mean that Joseph and Mary, who are of the line of David, go and they do what? And they go from the city of Nazareth of David and go to Bethlehem because he was of the house of David. In order to register um, along with Mary, who was uh, engaged to him and was with child. So we see here that Mary was pregnant at this time, that Mary was engaged to Joseph, who was her, who was her husband. That's the way it was at that time. That's what engagement was. She was her husband. He, she was her, his wife, and he was her husband. And it says here that Bethlehem. So why did they go to Bethlehem? Well, because that's the house of David. But let's look at Micah. If you have your Bibles, look at, look, look at Micah 5.2. Micah 5.2. You have your Bibles. And this is really important um, because God does things. It says here, But as for you, Bethlehem, Epaphratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. For you, one will go forth for me to be ruler of Israel. in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Interesting. Why did God want why did God want Joseph and Mary to be in Bethlehem? And Mary was pregnant with what? The promised one. The Messiah. Why would he want to do that? To fulfill what he said he was going to do. You see here in Micah, that was predicted, what, hundreds and hundreds of years prior to this. God, When God says something, when God promises something, I talked about this last week, 
When God says something and he promises something, God will fulfill that promise. And God will complete that promise so that his word will not fail. And God's word will never fail. And God will complete it the way he says he will complete it in the time that he will complete it. Because it says here, this is interesting, and it says here, um, engaged him and was with child. So here, this is a big trip. This was a three-day trip for a woman who was pregnant. I know, my, my, I know how difficult it was when, for my wife when she was pregnant with our boys. Right around the time when they were to give birth, it was hard. It was really hard. But back then, they didn't have some of the comforts and the conveniences that we have to help make things a little bit easier. It was a little bit more difficult. She was, they had a donkey. And so they had to travel three days with her being pregnant and go from the north of Israel down to the southern, southern part, three-day journey. And here she was ready to give birth. Interesting. So, but, but, but the census had to come. They had to get down to the city in order to register. This was, it seemed like, well, that's just coincidental for the timing. Remember, timing, timing is always perfect. God does what he says he will do in the time that he says he will do it. And God will fulfill his promises. God will fulfill and complete what he says he will complete. And do what he says he will do. And sometimes we doubt when we don't see what happened when the timing in which we, in which, in which we believe it happens. We say, well, it didn't happen yet, so God didn't go. So God didn't fulfill His promises. It didn't happen yet. But when is it going to happen? And so we start to doubt. What well, we start to doubt what God says He's going to do. We start to doubt what God says He's going to complete. We start to doubt what God's promises are. And that's a dangerous thing. Because when did God make this promise about the Messiah? It was all the way back in Moses. It was all the way back um, in the time of in the time of Moses. It was all the way back even before that to, to in Abraham. And people, if you think about the, the covenant, I talked about the, the promise he made to Abraham. I talked about that in the past couple weeks. And the promise was that he was going to, he was going to be, you know, the covenant was going to be through him and through his descendants for what? Forever. And that was the Messiah. His, his descendant was going to come. And, that, and so there it was maybe a couple of thousand years prior to this. And people were thinking, well, when's, the, when's this promise going to come? When's this promise going to be fulfilled? When is it going to happen? And we get anxious about that, don't we? When we believe that God says something and it doesn't happen right away when we think it's going to happen or it's going to happen the way we would like it to happen, then we start to say we start to doubt, don't we? But remember, God's timing is always in perfect sync with his plan and his purpose. Sometimes we're not in sync with God's plan. But we have to learn to be, remember, I talked about this last week as well, being sensitive to God's timing and being sensitive to what God is saying and what God is doing through his spirit. Because God had supernaturally told Mary that she would be pregnant and that she would conceive, and she did. She was conceived in her womb. And now she's at the, the point where she's in her ninth month and that she is ready to give birth.
and here they are. God is moving them because of the census that God controlled the heart of the political leader, the most powerful person in the world at that time, Caesar Augustus, to move to have, make a census so that he would get them down from Nazareth in the north, three-day journey, to Bethlehem in the south in order to fulfill God's purpose, in order to fill, fulfill God's plan and accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And that's what we need to do is just being in tune with what God's saying and what God's doing. Um, who's engaged him and was with, with, and was with child. Okay, and let's go look at our third and last point here. And it says here, and she gave birth. She get, uh, met, while in Bethlehem, Mary's days were completed for her to give birth. Her days were completed. In other words, she was at that point where she was to give birth to a child. It was that ninth month. It was a day that was ordained. Think about this. Psalm 139 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It talks about God's plan for us. For I know the days were ordained for you, when yet there was not even yet one of them. So the birth of Jesus was God's perfect timing. Just like our birth and our days is all in what? God's what? Perfect timing in history. Sometimes we think, well, this is a mistake, or this is a mistake, or this is a mistake, or this is a mistake. Why, you know, why was I born at this time, God? Why was I born at this moment in history? Why was I born here? Why was I born there? Why was I born with this? Why was I born with this? Why? And you think about all those things and all those circumstances, and you think about, well, why was I made this way? God ultimately has a plan for each one of us and a purpose for each one of us that we don't fully, completely understand. But we need to know that God is in complete control of our times, of our birth, the time of our birth, and the days of our lives. The number, he knows the very numbers of hairs on our head. He knows the thoughts we're going to think even before we even think them. He knows all those things. And that shows us that he's in control, even from the moment of our conception to the moment of our birth, throughout all of our life. And so for Jesus and for Mary, from the conception to the birth, it, came, it was time. It was time. It was the moment. The days were completed for her to give birth. And who is she pregnant with? It doesn't say it in this particular passage here, and this in these verses right here, but we know who it was and who was she pregnant with. She was pregnant with Jesus, right? And we looked at and we looked at and who was this child? Who was this child that was going to be born? If you looked at if you go back and you look at Micah, he was going to rule what? He was going to rule Israel. Now who did, whose heart Whose heart did God control in order to make the census? 
Caesar Augustus, who was who? A ruler over all the world. Now he was controlling, God was controlling Caesar Augustus. Now think about, think about this. It's kind of, he was moving Caesar Augustus, who was the most powerful ruler, so that he could move Mary and Joseph, get him from Nazareth, get him to Bethlehem to fulfill his promise so that Jesus could be the leader, the ruler, the sovereign ruler over not just Israel, but the whole world. Think about that. Moves a world leader so that Jesus, the real true one leader, can be born. Think about that. Isn't that powerful? And we don't, and we think about, I would, you know, and, and one of the things for me is that it brings comfort to me to know that my God is in control of the times and the epics and the things that are going on, especially in our circumstances that we see. And you look at the coronavirus and you look at the natural disasters that are going on. You look at all the other things that are happening in our world and it's easy to get afraid and it's easy to get fearful. It's easy to get full of anxiety about things and happening and saying, why are these things happening? And the things seem like things sometimes are out of control. But knowing, ultimately knowing that our God is fully in control of history, of leaders, of circumstances, and knowing that he's got this all worked out. But we need to trust him that he does, right? We need to trust him that he does. Mary made a Mary and Joseph made a decision, even with Mary being pregnant, that she was they were going to follow. What they were going to follow, even though she was about to give birth, they were going to follow and they were going to do what the government told them to do: to go to the census. And she knew that God was going to be in control, and she knew that God would take care of her. Somehow, some way, even when she didn't understand why. Well, how can I do this, you know, being pregnant and I'm just right about to give birth? But she did it anyway, trusting that God had her and had her circumstances in control, which he does, right? And we need to remember that. We need to trust him with that, even with our own lives, even with our own circumstances, our own situations. And... And so we see here their days were completed. So she gave, and so she did, her days were, she finished, and she did what? And she gave birth to who? Her firstborn son. Now, some, some, um, some churches believe that there, Jesus was the only son, and Mary remained a virgin for her whole life, which is not true. I mean, this was part of one of the scripture passages that helps talk about that, which is she talked and she gave birth to her firstborn son. So Jesus was her firstborn, not her only, but her firstborn. So that just kind of takes that whole other, that whole other teaching that's in, uh, in other churches out of the picture. And the, Firstborn son. So it was our firstborn. And so we see here 
that um, scripture was fulfilled. And where were they? They were where? In Bethlehem, which was fulfillment of what? Micah what? Micah chapter 2. So we see here, um, we see here that he, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, I'm sorry. So he's born and he's here and he gave birth and, he, and, and, he, and he's born. And so here the ruler of nations is born. But and she wrapped him in cloth. So it's strips of linen they wrapped the, the child in, and that's what that's what they that that's, that's what they do uh, in in those times in that point in history. They wrap them in strips of linen and they would and they would wrap them. But here's and here's the thing, it says, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Laid him in a manger. What was a manger? We know a manger is a trough. As a as a as a as an area where the animals are, and there was in the and the and that's where the animals would stay, and the animals would be there, and there was usually hay in there, and there's usually other places, and so it wasn't the most accommodating circumstances. But why was he born in a manger? Why? Here it is, the most powerful ruler, the king, the Messiah. What guy, why would God allow him to be born in a manger? In a humble manger for animals. Well, there's no room in the inn. People said, well, because everybody was what? Everybody was in their cities. Everybody was in Bethlehem for what? To register for what? The census. So there was no room for anybody there. There's no other room left. And here Mary had to give birth. There's no hospital. There was no ER to go to. There was no place other than, okay, we go to uh, th this place. Well, we don't have any room. We go to this place. Oh, we don't have any room. We don't go to this place. We don't have any room. But I do have a, I do have a manger. You're welcome to use that if you want. That's all I got. I'm sorry. Nothing else I can do. Nothing else I can do. Had they known who he was, I'm sure they would have made other, I'm sure they would have tried to accommodate him, accommodate Mary and Joseph. But they didn't. Of course, no one did, except for Mary and Joseph. At that time. So here he is born in this manger. This is really another important point I think that we need to make is that was this an answer and think about this question was this what Mary would have preferred to have to have her child born in a manger in an animal throne answer you think about that question you think she wanted to do, be able to do that you think that was the most accommodating circumstances that she could have had in order to have her child and especially having the king, the Messiah, born into? You think she wanted that? No, I don't think so. I don't think that she would have preferred that. But that's all that they had. That's all that they had at that moment, at that time. And, and that's what God allowed for 
his only his son to be born in a manger. God allowed it. A humble manger. And God allowed it. And Mary gave birth to Jesus there. Now think about even our circumstances. We see that we have, we have situations and circumstances that are not maybe what we would have expected. What we would have wanted, what we would have preferred. But there was no other option available for us in those particular circumstances or those particular situations available to us at the time. But that's all that was available. How did we feel about that? How would we feel about that? We're in a circumstance situation. This isn't the, what we would have preferred. This isn't what we would have liked. This isn't what we would have wanted. But it's all we have and it's all that's available. How do you feel about that? How would you feel about that? How did you feel about that? And, and then you think about it and then ultimately you think, wow, is this, is this really it? Is this what's going on here? But God is in control ultimately. And we need to trust him that he's in control and he allows circumstances and situations to happen for whatever reason that we don't always understand. We don't always fully understand why. God was allowing him to be born in the manger to fulfill his purpose and his plan for his son. He could have been born in the palace. He could have been born in a palatial inn. But he didn't. He allowed him to be born in a, in a lowly manger. Our circumstances and situations are similar. God could have allowed in particular circumstances, situations for us to have something like what we would have expected or we would have wanted, we would have thought would have been a, a, you know, better accommodations. But God didn't allow it for us. But we need to trust him in the midst of those circumstances and those situations say, okay, God, I don't understand this. I don't know why you did this. I don't know why this is happening. But I'm trusting you that you're in control, Right? And I think it comes back down to, okay, God, whatever you want at this moment, this time, I'm okay with. I'm okay with that, God. Because Mary wasn't, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't say that Mary was angry or Mary was upset, Joseph was upset. It's that they had the child. And this was the circumstance they had in. So we see, for us, it's the same thing. God allows it. We need to trust him that God knows what's best and receive it and accept it for whatever it is. For whatever reason, knowing that God's got a purpose and God's got a reason behind it. And this is so important because God's plan in this, in this, in this and for Jesus' birth was completely fulfilled exactly the way God wanted it to be fulfilled and the timing and the way God wanted it to be done. Controlling world leaders, controlling um the timing of things happening, fulfilling scripture, fulfilling promises, and uh, manipulating circumstances and situations to happen so that 
it can happen the way God wants it to happen. And we need to look at that in our own lives as well. God will move heaven and earth in order to accomplish his plan and his purpose for us. But we need to trust him in the midst of that. He can control world leaders in our lives. He can control circumstances in our lives. He can control the timing of things in our lives. He can control and manipulate circumstances and situations and things in our lives in order to accomplish and make happen what he wants to happen. But we need to trust him in the midst of that. Is he our God? Is he a good God? Was he good to his son, Jesus? Absolutely. Is he good to us? Absolutely. Will he accomplish his plan and his purpose? Did he accomplish his plan and his purpose through his son, Jesus? Absolutely. Will he accomplish his plan and his purpose through us? Yes, he will. We need to trust him through it. We need to be, we need to believe him through it. He's got it. He's got it all in control. He'll take care of it. We may not understand why things are happening in the moment, why they're happening, but we need to trust him in the midst of it. Okay, folks? We need to trust him in the midst of it. He's got it. And he'll do what he says he's going to do and he'll accomplish what he says he'll accomplish. Amen, folks? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, O oh God, for um, your word that brings life and brings hope. Father, help us to trust you as you supernaturally fulfilled your purpose and your plan, controlling leaders, uh, controlling timing of things, controlling circumstances and situations. Help us to trust you that you'll, as you did with your son Jesus, so that we, uh, so that we have eternal life, so that you can do with us in each and every moment and circumstance in our lives. Help us to trust you, Jesus. Jesus, give us the grace to believe you, to put our hope in you, to find our peace in you. Help us not to worry. Help us not to be full of anxiety, but to trust you and look to you um, to, to fulfill what your purpose is and your plan is for us in our lives as well. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. Thank you for the birth of, uh, we can celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, and in his precious name that we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Father, I pray to miss your people with your peace and with your joy and with your very presence in our lives, oh God, we pray. Thank you, Father, and we love you. In Jesus' name.